A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. I've started recording, by the way. So what you're saying then? <laughs> so what you're going to say? What is that? T.G. Jakes. T.D. Jakes? Is that the backing track that you need? What's wrong with you? I'm waiting for him to do the whole idea. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's coming, it's coming. Is this actually going to feature in this episode? You need to turn that (laughs) off. (laughs) What is that? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You're really just mocking. Okay. Mm. (laughs) It's not really starting this episode. No, that's not on the recording. Okay, I just started recording though. (laughs) She actually trying to play the... Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. (laughs) She actually said, I'm recording this. You carried on doing what you were doing. Okay. Hello, everyone. You're listening to <laughs> the Black Brewer Podcast. My name is Mary. This is episode 37. Joined with that? Gabby, new member hey, hey, of hey. The, the Black Brewer, and Israel. Um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> been good. all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah We've yeah, got yeah. some questions that people have submitted mm. by our curious cat and emails and DMs and whatever. So are you guys ready to start? Should I just start the first Take question? Take it away. Okay, that's fine. Let's start start with the first question. How do I know if I'm called to sing on us? Gabby, <laughs> I, I see you with eager points and I'm, I'm actually ready to my listen. Head in, your, in your direction. <laughs> I don't know how you... Um... Now, it's a good question and mm. one that I think a lot of us ask. When we start getting to certain ages, we're like, Lord, is this the portion you've called me to for life? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a question that I think a lot of us ask at various points. And us reluctantly, we're like, it's not a joyful asking. <laughs> it's like, Lord, is this... Is this what we're called to? Is this meant to be? Um, but I think the first thing to say, like, who are you today? Like, if today you're married, mm. the Lord has called you to be married to the glory of God today. Mm-hmm. And if today you're single, then the Lord has called you to live in your singleness, the glory of God today. Mm. Okay. And so it's not, it can be a throwaway comment, but it's, it's very, like, I think helpful actually to be, to consider, um, like, if you're single today, that means the Lord has called you to singleness today. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of can give you some framework and context. We're just taking a deep breath. Be mm. like, who am I? Yeah. Okay. In, that. Um, in terms of that long-term picture, Israel. The long-term picture. <laughs> wow. Um, what's interesting is that, and this is a shameless plug. Um, I recently wrote a <laughs> wow. blog post. I respect that. On okay. uh, discerning your calling. Um, now it had more to do with, or at least my intention behind it was more to do with vocation sort of like what you wanted to do in terms of actions as opposed to um being even though i don't think uh, yeah opposed to being but i think it in, a, in to a certain extent it can actually apply to it um and essentially a friend told me and i think they got it from tim keller because tim keller says the same thing that you can every tim keller listen, reference listen, you can't <laughs> we need to start this keller. year every time israel says tim keller you need to tim pay keller. us one pound Whoa. <laughs> that's a lot. That's it, that's it. Oh, we do mind. need like a Tim Keller, like ping. Just listen to the every time everyone listens to the recording, you've heard Israel say Tim Keller, just count it and just tell us. Wow, because you've probably said it. There's a prize for the Blackberry listener that wants to tell us the times. number of times. <laughs> you said it. Sorry, continue with your. Um, and essentially, there's three, there are three questions you can ask yourself in terms of what your calling is. First of all, desire. Um, 
what do you long for? Do you desire to be single or do you desire to be married? Um, secondly, I'll try to remember. Desire, opportunity, um, what opportunities are before you, then, then. Um, and last question, ability. What, what gifting specifically do you have in the capacity you find yourself right now? Now, I'm, I'm going to try and apply those three questions to the whole being called to singleness. And I think obviously the first one that appears immediate to us is the desire mm-hmm. like desire singleness and it might very well be that you do and i think it usually that question is framed in like i don't desire it but i think i'm gonna do it but you very well might desire um to be single in terms of lifelong um status and therefore work in that capacity and then therefore i think in that in that aspect ability and opportunity can easily present itself in allowing you to have more freedom to do things um that you are personally gifted towards if that meant that you have skills that require you to travel a lot then you have the freedom to do that um because you won't be thinking about your spouse children so on and so forth um if you don't desire to be um to be single then the question is are there any opportunities to not be single and it Mm -hmm. might very well be that there aren't any opportunities to get married so you decide to be married but there's no opportunity um story of my life and, <laughs> and that's and that's again want to win <laughs> and that's again an indicator in terms of your discernment that if the opportunity never arises then it might very well be that the calling is in terms of long life ambition to be single now Speak for yourself. I don't care. To, to <laughs> she said rejected in the name of Jesus. That's to come to that conclusion, you need to discern it carefully okay. in the council of other people. Um, and it's not something that you sit down, answer the questions in your journal, and tomorrow you have the answer. That's it's not it's not a method like that, but it is something that gets you thinking and processing very actively um, through the power of the Spirit to actually see what God wants you to do. And as you think about your giftings, it might very well be it might very well be that God has closed certain doors so that your giftings and your abilities can be used in a broader in a broader scope that you hadn't previously envisioned for yourself. That takes a lot of time. Yeah, um, I think I've got questions on that. So like <laughs> what would the abilities be that would mean your the singleness in the Kim Tal- Tim Keller framework would It might make sense? so it, it might be that your singleness allows you to do things that you're very gifted at that might become a lot harder were you to be like. married. So, I mean, the two that come to mind straight away is just the traveling thing. Yeah. If you find yourself in a role, um, in a context where your giftings are best exemplified by traveling a lot, mm-hmm. this is a very lazy answer, but I'm thinking of like diplomacy. Okay. I, don't, I don't even yeah. know how that applies, got, but mm. diplomacy is one job that just, you have to travel. Mm. Yeah. Um, you might find that actually, maybe God is closing those doors so that he can allow me to use that ability and take that role to the fullest extent possible mm-hmm. um, and then you can start to tease out what it means to to really stretch your abilities in that area yeah another Could, one i think of is just really like um missionary yeah well i wasn't thinking i was thinking just it is similar to be fair. i was thinking um essentially being engulfed in lifelong research i know a few scholars who have chosen who've chosen wow. to be single because they want to plug in the hours and serious, serious scholars and even ones who are married give a, a huge amount of time i've read um, biographies of people who have you know who spend 12 hours a day six days a week studying that's extremely hard to commit to for the next 30 years of your life if you're married yeah quite frankly you can't do that for 12 months a year yeah. as a married person but i think um, i think my hesitation mm. is that 
being single and not having the commitment of a marriage is not um, like a free pass to not being in significant relationship. Right. So <clears throat> obviously if you're traveling a lot for your job, cool. Mm. But you're still called to be a part of a church. You're still called mm. to invest in people. You're still mm-hmm. called to commit. You're, you're still, yeah. So as much as you're not married, there are, there are other relationships that are significant that you need to invest in. The same with um, that scholarly life, that hidden mm. away in the library life. <laughs> um, like, yeah, there's, yeah. So maybe you're not married and you're single, but that doesn't mean that you can just, it's not a free pass to be who you want to be, where you want to mm. be and go when you want to go. It's not, I guess I'm just thinking it, it is That's a lot more flexible. Yeah, flexible. You might just decide that you, you should stay single. Um, being married yeah. because yeah. yeah, there's more freedom to sort of, work around the changes that occurred yeah um, even someone like apostle paul for example when he was mm. traveling quite a lot mm. planting different churches writing letters in prison i don't think he even had time to <laughs> desire ministry i mean desire marriage rather mm. um and that might be uh, someone might feel called in that way to do mm. the same thing i think mm. john piper talks a lot about his father and how um his father did a lot of traveling mm. and he he wonders if the, if he was being kind of a faithful husband mm. to his wife because he was so absent from the home and his mum took a, a considerable amount of work kind of the bulk of the parenting mm. um so i'm not sure i think if you're not married then you're called to singleness so it's almost like you're called to singleness until you're not mm. um and of course if you get to like 85 in your deathbed and you're single that you can you can confidently say you're called, your to, <laughs> you're called to singleness <laughs> but i even know some people who got married when they were 75 so mm. they might think they were cool so it's never too late so um yeah it's never too late guys hold on <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't come or she doesn't come your life is not finished there's joy mm. to have there's life to mm. live yeah definitely and you've got uh, as um the scriptures say you've got more time to serve the lord so that, that's mm. that's a, always a benefit cool next question uh love your content blackberry i've been a christian for two years but i used to be a strong atheist and i sometimes have doubts about god and whether he's actually true plus i still have secularist friends who try to persuade me back what advice would you give to someone in my position who wants to stay on the narrow road? Um, Any of you strong, strong atheists before? No, I've been, I've been in, a, I've been in context. Well, not a strong atheist. I did have a, 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 a random spell or moment. Um, I don't think it was anything significant, to be fair. Not to make it sound all <laughs> big. Um, I've been in contexts where been very like lots of conversations um and i think it's hard <laughs> let me start all over again okay because <laughs> um, okay let me start by saying um the whole the whole move into christianity opens up a whole new like space and world okay um which obviously when you come in and anyone who becomes a christian knows the feeling of just like trying to navigate the terminology, the the vision. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz, and there's a lot of like trying to understand everything that's going on, um, from the history to the church, um, what Christian fellowship looks like and what it means to now enter this new community and so on. And with that comes lots of questions. Um, and it can be hard to explain all that you're experiencing to someone who isn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in in to answer the question, um, when in dialogue with your atheist friend or someone who's just not religious mm-hmm. or so on and so forth, um, 
a good start is always just to give your testimony and your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I suspect um, that part of the question has within it like a, almost a, what are the, uh, the free arguments I can give that can just like do the slam dunk and <laughs> make things very clear and like questionable. And although I think those are important, um, the testimony is the one thing you do know. I think of John 9, when um, the blind man was given sight by Jesus Christ and everyone's asking him, what happened? What happened? Break it down for us. Give us, the, give us the theology. And he's like, listen, I don't know what happened. All I know is I was blind and now I can see. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I will tell you what I know and I'll tell you with confidence because I know in my, in my bones and I experienced it for myself. And that's always a good starting point. I don't think it's like, it's not everything in terms of your interaction, but it is a sure place to start and to begin. Um, And then from there, there is also, there is a rational, logical case for the Christian faith, which takes time to to understand, even as a Christian, Mm -hmm. and then to be able to explain clearly and communicate. But I say just begin with saying what happened. I was blind. Now I can see and Jesus Christ did it mm. um, and break that down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard because it seems like he's, I always assume everyone asks his questions as a he, but <laughs> it seems like the person um, is like having, sometimes has doubts about God as well. Mm. And then they're in amongst their friends mm. who's, who are atheists. So it's like there's that kind of duality mm. in terms of, I sometimes struggle with mm. if God is real and then I've got these friends that are like, mm. yeah, mm. he's not real. So mm. it's like, how do you yeah. find a balance? I think doubt in the Christian faith is not as infrequent as we'd imagine. Mm. I think a lot of Christians, if not, well, yeah, I can't say all. I didn't do the research. <laughs> but a lot of Christians, mm. like regularly, like sometimes you've got to check, I've, I've bet my life on this. Like, do I? is this true? Do I yeah. believe it? Um, yeah, Christians struggle with doubt. It's, it's, not, it's not something you're isolated in or alone in. I think, um, yeah, I work with a lot of young people and I encourage them to ask the older Christians around them, when have you struggled to trust the Lord? Trust that he's real, never mind, trust his mm. word. And I think you'll find if you ask that question to other Christians around you, most people will say, yeah, I've struggled to believe this about God, believe mm. that about God, struggle to trust his word in this area of life. Um, so we do well to confess it more regularly to each other. Because otherwise people who are struggling um, think it's just them being a terrible Christian. Mm. I think it's just them being, um, yeah, faithless and that that's unique and they're not even really a Christian anyway. And 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 that kind of builds on the, the guilt of it. Um, Whereas if you know that this is this is a, a Christian struggle, um, that that your brothers and sisters, it's it's not new. You're not by yourself. There's there's um, that can be an encouragement. And I think the thing to say if you're struggling with doubt is to um, acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I think if you pretend that it's not happening and you and you don't really have questions and you hide them away, they'll they'll gather speed. They'll collect they'll collect momentum. Mm-hmm. So I think the Christian does well to confess that they're struggling with doubt, but not just to each other, to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. Like the scriptures are full of people saying to the Lord, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> are yeah, you there? Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. And like, it's an amazing thing that the Christian can go to God and say, I'm praying to you and I'm not sure if you're there. Mm. That's a wild thing that the Christian has liberty to do, but to be like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm struggling to believe and to confess that to God. Um, that's a privilege of the of the Christian. God gives the gifts of mm. God gives the gift of faith. Ask him to increase your faith. Ask him to yeah. Ask him to forgive you for your faithlessness, mm-hmm. and ask him to give you um, increased faith in him. 
I think doubt is only a burden for the Christian when they don't bring it to the Lord. Yeah. Bring mm-hmm. it to the Lord. Know that he's not shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, if faithlessness is a matter of sin, um, know that on the cross your doubt was paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, know that, yeah, when Christ died, he died for every moment that we would doubt the goodness of God, doubt the reality of God. Um, you can confess that and mm-hmm. ask God to give you grace to trust him. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's always good to kind of hold on to like one or two scriptures. Mm. Even me, when I've had like periods of doubt in terms of like, oh, is, is God real? Has, has God forgiven me of my sins mm. and stuff like that? Like just John six sixty eight, where where Christ says like a hard saying, and and then he says to them, "Are you gonna leave?" And they're like, "Where where else should we go? Where am I going?" Like the words of life. And it's like, okay, <laughs> if I just hold on to those two, statements, and then I think of like other scriptures where I don't know, like mm. Romans five a, and just various passages where you just kind of memorize and you can just say it to yourself. Yeah, I think that kind of can help you. At this yeah. Time. One of my favorite prayers in the whole Bible. I thought even a prayer. He was talking to Jesus in real time. It's not actually a prayer. A statement. He says to Jesus, "His face, I believe, but help my own belief." Mm, yeah. How can mm. a whole Jesus be stood in front of you? Yeah. And Jesus like, "Oh, do you believe?" Is like, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's a tension for the Christian. The reality yeah. is, like, sometimes we're like, "Oh God, I believe you, but this, I'm struggling." Mm-hmm. I believe, right. but help my unbelief. That's a prayer. That's a that can be a daily prayer if you need yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a tough one. Um. Yeah. So next question: How would you advise someone? who is dealing with different religion views in their Christian household. I became a Christian recently at uni, but grew up in a strict Muslim slash Christian household. How can I submit to my father who doesn't want me to go to church? Some of you guys are going through a lot, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is a difficult one. Hmm. Israel, covenant, um, covenant um, campaign. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Um, well, I would say... The, I think there are two things. There's what well, are two things I I hear going on. There's first of all the sort of like the tension between the different religions in the same like like immediate context. Yeah, which yeah. is so it appears a lot. It's not just the kind of thing where it's like oh when I go to this thing once a month I experience it. But it's like every day I could imagine that this person is experiencing that. But there's also the um, son. Some, I'm assuming it's a guy. Did this is a guy? Nope. Again, well, we're assuming, but no nope. person. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> The person is uh, having the child-father struggle. It was a father, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, how, how, I was like, boy. Yeah, this, how this is enough. <laughs> how yeah, you got it right. To my father, okay. just want to go to church. Yeah, so there's that, there's that relational tension and there's like the, the, the religious tension. Mm-hmm. Um, the religious tension, I think, just comes with being faithful, or being a faithful witness of the Christian faith and just saying, this is what Christianity is. This is what it means. Um, this is why I believe it. Uh, and sticking to the practices, it's not, you know, I can't remember who told me this. I think it was something like, as a Christian, um, especially growing up in a very like pluralistic, um, you know, what's the other word? Multi-faith? Multi- yes. Multi-faith, um, community, society, families, yeah. so on. You, you, realistically you can't bombard people over and over again especially in the family it probably wouldn't be the wisest to do that what you do is you stand and you say here's my christianity before you and i'm going to practice it Mm -hmm. and then you just let it be after that you continue to do everything you um you feel called to do you need to do um continue the spiritual devotions and practices as normal and just live a life of witness i basically what i'm trying to say is i don't think the answer is to every single day 
that you enter the house. If I'm wrong, yeah, <laughs> like not hanging your crucifixes around the yard. <laughs> like it's not, it's not to do Pray that. It, really is, it, is to, it is to stand there and say, okay, maybe even have that conversation and say, if everyone gather, we need to talk about this and have that conversation. And once that conversation is had, let it be there. You've 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 made it known. Everyone's clear on where they stand. Obviously, everyone might leave still holding those disagreements, but then just continue that life of faithfulness and witness. Um, and let them see the faith live that once they've heard you actually like state it in words. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the case of like her father, her father, the person's father, <laughs> <laughs> not wanting them to go to church. Like, mm. so would you say that that person can? Because obviously, going to church is kind of like a big book. Of I question. I mean, I so wonder who do you honor in that sense. I think I might be giving myself a false problem here. Okay, but do they mean? And I guess you guys can answer this. Mm-hmm. Do they mean that the parents explicitly don't want them to go to church or that they want them to go to the mosque? I don't know. It just, so here it says, hold on, let me just bring back the... It's like different religion views in their household. So the I don't know if specific the mothers, ones, mothers are Christian, fathers mm. are Muslim. So there's or a if bit they're of, Christian and their parents are Muslim. Yeah, stuff like that. So mm. it's like, my dad has said, you're not, you should, you're you not should going to church, church in my house. I, as a Christian, I mean, you'd have to tell them, I guess what, ooh, Peter or Paul... Wow, my biblical knowledge is. Let me know if it's in Acts. Covenant campaign. In, I know. I thought of that. In Acts, you have um, the apostles standing before um, the religious leaders and saying, "It is better is is we we will we will serve the Lord and not man. If we have to pick between God and humans, we're picking God every day. Mm-hmm. And if you're being forced, because ideally, obviously, you want to honor your parents." in as much as possible um, while respecting those differences. But if you're being forced actively to decide mm. to either stay faithful to the Christian community in obedience to God or to listen to your parents, you're going to say to them, you've put me in this situation. I didn't want to put, I didn't, I didn't put myself here, but you're forcing me to actually choose God over you. And I want to honor you in this, but I can't not go to church as a Christian because part of what it is to be a Christian is to be part of this community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, when we talk about vows as a member, I'm talking about being part of a, this is my Presbyterian coming out, being part of a covenant community. Covenant you're, campaign. You're, now <laughs> I get it. Hey, <laughs> the so, when, you just, oh, when you catch all the... Yeah, the, 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 the mm, <laughs> let me not even start. Um, We're back to silverhead, brother. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't worry, we're in prayer, we're in fasting. <laughs> Lent Keep is praying. arrival, so it's arriving soon. Come Easter, miracle. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you, you have to you have to say I'm part of this community, and I know it looks strange to you, and I know you disagree with it, but mm. I have submitted my life to mm. Christ and His Church, mm. and He comes to us. And you know, it's the witness of the church from the very beginning. The early church said, you know, when the when the Roman Empire forced them to pick between God or caesar they were like hey guys we want to live peaceably with you but if you're forcing us to pick between christ or caesar yeah. christ is lord like yeah. we just wanted to do our thing live quietly but yeah really but you're force us yeah. and so if you're being pushed in that direction you have to do the same thing the early church did mm. um and just say christ is lord mm. and not my family mm. and not my father and so i'll submit to him first mm. before anyone else yeah and that's not a thing that, that like we we're saying lightly. We know that that might 
cost you. Mm. Like um, in the worst case scenario, your dad's like, well, in that case, Get out. you can find somewhere else yeah. to live. Um, or you're ostracized from, ostracized from your community. People that you used to check for don't want to let mm. on to you anymore. Like that, even in the UK, that kind of lockdown of a community because someone's become mm. a Christian is a very real possibility for the person. Mm. Um, and yeah, and very similar answer to the last question. At this point, we have to cling to scripture and be like, no, God is, Jesus said that there's, we've not lost anything. Mm. Mother or father, mm. sister or brother, biblical knowledge is flagging. Um, that we will not receive more than Mark 10. In, yeah, in, yeah. in the church and in the kingdom to come. Um, mm. And for some of us, this is what it will look like to count the cost of being a disciple. Yeah, It will, it will yeah. look like um, relationships that we would we would treasure being fractured and being distant um yeah that's it's not it's it's a right thing but it's not an easy thing yeah mm. yeah. yeah tough 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 situation again but jesus with you mm. yeah mm. uh next question following up from the sexual immor- immorality question you guys raised in the last episodes i think they're talking about ox bb part five or six uh where we address sexual morality one of Oh, I can't speak today. <laughs> Sexual morality, pornography, masturbation. Um, they're asking if a question if a Christian couple falls into sexual sin, should they end the relationship? What if they are engaged or been together for a while? So if a Christian couple falls into sexual sin, should they end the relationship? What if they're engaged or been together for a while? This question is is a is a pastoral question. Mm. So I think we should go to the someone who's like mm. Training yeah, to yeah, be a pastor. <laughs> I think that kind of that's a good link, right, Gabby? Maybe. Like you should. Ask I'm back in that link. Yeah, so mm. I think we're gonna. <laughs> Israel, do you mm-hmm. wanna? Any thoughts, brother? That layup. Can I even say? <laughs> 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 um. Well, okay. Uh, I'll start by saying, um, pre- previous to any sin that they've done, any sexual sin that they've done, and here, um, I I'm safe to say we're all assuming sex before marriage. Yes. As it's just, but just what are you? What are you? Assuming? Well, like that's yeah, sex for yeah, sex yeah. What, other what other options? <laughs> All the couple, other things in between kissing and sex. Oh, falls into sexual sin. That's what I was. That's why I was. I was just kissing saying is like not this. A sin. No, no, as in everything. I never question. Someone submit it. Oh, you know, <laughs> no, let's actually not get to that conversation. I never <laughs> but I, I guess what I was trying to say was that sexual sin, obviously, there's a spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I was trying to find a. I don't know how to. Yeah. But the whole spectrum. Let's say we're talking about the whole spectrum. Let's just, okay. Okay. Let's, okay. let's assume fornication. Okay. 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 <laughs> Someone's gonna now BB us. What is fornication? <laughs> Give us a definition, please. But um, Got before before any of that happens, what what I'm also assuming I should say actually is that this couple are in some form of accountability. In my mind, um, that typically not typically should be. And it can extend beyond this, but necessarily should include some form of leadership in the church. It can be other like um, close friends. It can be family members on the either side and so on. But I think church um, leadership should come into that sort of accountability group somewhere um, in a very um, sort of direct um, accessibility so that the, the elder, the... Um, your pastor is, you know, speaking to both of you quite closely, engaged in your life, knows what's going on between both of you. So that when something like that occurs, then the council is, you need to go and speak to them, like, mm-hmm. directly and bring all of it up and actually sit and have that frank conversation about um, what this means for your relationship, how it got to that place, mm-hmm. um, what it means for uh, the, the future of the relationship. Um 
as to the sort of I think the second slash third question, um, should they end relationship? Should they end relationship? Once they engage, I don't think there's a prescription a for that. Okay. And the reason I started by talking about the accountabilities because I think that aren't, that question would be answered in that kind of context, mm-hmm. as opposed to you following the advice of Israel from Blackberry. Who's and it, any guy basically? <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I really wasn't I actually, ready for that. I actually didn't even mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even know where that came from. <laughs> I, honestly, I was just giving some, you know. Okay. Any guy. And I meant, I meant a, <laughs> a guy that's not privy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, and because, and I think that that person who's who's your accountability will know both of you more than, I guess people on the outside okay and so they can actually be more perceptive not just in um their conversations but actually trying to dig beneath because i think what um a, a danger for a lot of us when we think about sexual sexual sin in particular but i think certain sins mm-hmm. is to almost look at it f- at the surface level of the act which we need to do okay but there is always beneath every act a heart disposition and, and and more going on and that needs to be excavated in order to treat both external and internal issues and all of that just requires like some solid you know counseling slash um accountability group network where you can actually be frank with each other be honest be open be vulnerable um and have the conversation and see what that does mean for the relationship there was a what was the other part does it need to end what happens um, is being engaged oh slash yeah. been um, together for a while so you know like a lot of in our context where yeah. like people are been in a courtship for two years but they're kind of engaged in a there's no ring but they're already planning their wedding mm-hmm. and stuff so i think maybe they're losing together. i i say i say this year <laughs> I'm, 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 okay? sorry 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 <laughs> they're not engaged sorry what do you mean <laughs> the whole planning a wedding before being engaged oh but that happens all the time well i mean i, I, I assume you mean like they're having conversations about it not that they booked the hall it could be that but no they're having conversations about it okay i think that's i think booking though okay anyway i know just, a couple that have booked that the hall before getting engaged as in like that actually, means you're engaged that, no but that, that's the thing you can't be like engaged you just don't have a ring in terms of I like, mean, all of you're it booking tra- a hall. What are you honest, doing in there? Okay, you're getting <laughs> In terms of how a serious, a lot of it is tradition. We, yeah, we, 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 I, I can see the blur now because mm, let's say you, 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 you ask your question and then I'll I haven't had time to process this. I'm processing <laughs> on the spot. Let's say you've been together for two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the second part of the year, you're beginning to really say, okay, let's get married at the end of this year. How many guests are we planning? You're engaged. I think. You're I think. Already I think in the middle of a conversation, you can say, hey, I want us to have like 200 people at our wedding. Yeah. As as an offhanded comment, or even as a more extended com- um, conversation, um, and to be like, oh, this friend, I really want them to do the photography, like just, but if especially especially if you, you're in a place in the relationship where you both have already explicitly said you want to marry, like and you're that means together. that you're engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Does you can it? be, yeah, you can what be engaged you? without the ring. <laughs> If Wait. So, what defines engagement? What, how are you guys defining engagement? Each other. I think as in the bathroom is, is engaged. Is You're your planning to get married. <laughs> are you saying the moment? Because that means a lot of us. I think a lot of us, like I said, that, that means a lot of us have been engaged way before. Yeah, I, I think the actual engagement happens. I, really? I think it's the mindset. 
So like, if you speak to a couple huh. and they're starting to think of, oh, we want to live here. We've started looking at house prices. Do you know how many people have we've started, done that? What do you mean you're looking at house prices, but you're not, but you're just BFFs, we're intentional at, friendship? No, you're talking about. I mean, as in your, your relationship, you're in a relationship. Like everyone knows your boyfriend. You're and engaged. You can't stuff. be talking about joint mortgage and telling me you're not engaged, ready <laughs> to get married. It can't be happening. It's not the. It's before the, the formalities the ring. of a ring is one thing, and I can't see biblical. Uh, instead of the ring on the finger, you're just huh. dating. Yeah. So okay, here's how you are engaging each other. Here's how I've perceived it, right? I, I I think for me, I tie the engagement to the familial aspects of it. So I, your so, family have been Yeah, so for me, engagement is not just you've had the conversations and you started to think about it, but that you've, you've sort of like publicly the edge, publicly declared that your actions now are specifically going to be towards executing a wedding and marriage. So it's the same thing as planning for a startup and then actually opening your bank account for the business. I sort of delineate between the the the, the conversation and the stuff and the actual beginning the execution process because I see the execution process as the engagement. If you've booked a hall, you're doing execution process. But that's that's okay, that's, 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 a that's for me. And, and I'm saying that's that is engagement for me. But I'm saying let's having say a conversation question, with your, by the way. <laughs> having a conversation with your with your um no, you need to have boyfriend girlfriend about I don't know what else is there. Like, hey, you know, I've really liked this church. Like, let's, yeah. I mean, there's I feel le- like, of course, there's levels. But if let's say, for example, you've you've met the family, so the father pulls you aside. He's not going to be like, okay, what are you mm. doing here? You've even started to speak about marriage. You might even ask him for a blessing in terms of he's like, I'm happy to for you to marry my daughter. You go and speak to 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 your girlfriend, and you start planning. You're now looking around, going on Saturdays. What we doing? Going to look at venues, or you even say maybe we can get married March 29th next year. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. you're engaged you don't know I, of course you're not officially engaged but I think there is a mindset that shifts you know what I need to go home and think about it because I've never thought about the distinction between the mindset of engagement and, and the, the actual act, act of engagement I think you have to so because your heart is involved that you've brought yeah. that I need to okay, like process um, you might say that you're formally not engaged but in your heart mm. as this per- the, what category is this person in um, yeah if they've transferred category and you're now looking at wedding venues <laughs> You need to have a conversation and make. You need to let the formality catch up with the reality of the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> that was formality but this catch up with the reality. Um, mm. But the thing I did want to say about under, the whole under. like, what happens if they're engaged? Oh, yeah. This is very hard for me to say because I'm in a relationship, and so oh, I feel like it's easy. Love. <laughs> I feel like it's easy, it's easy for me to I'm say this, just because like I throw it out there. But I always, I, I do also wonder like how how easy this would be in practice, and I'm sure it's not. But I think. Um, in any relationship, there needs to be, especially in dating relationships prior to engagement, in engagement, anything before the wedding, um, there needs to be this open, open frankness that says, just because we spent two years um, planning this, doesn't mean I have to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think I, I feel like that's where the question goes. Like, you know, they've been, let's say they've been dating for three years, they're now engaged, they've been engaged for one year, and they've got, invites. they've got, yeah, they've got four months left. And then all of this thing just on blows up and everything. And, and they're just like, should we just like keep it DL? You know, don't mention it to anyone until after. The, I feel like there just needs to be that openness that says, actually, you know what? We do need to be um, frank enough with each other to say we're not married until we're married. Um, and whatever that entails and whatever consequences that might lead to, to be open, which is a lot, this takes a lot of bravery and courage but to be open towards. And I've, I say this because I've heard stories of people who have had to cancel the wedding mm. a week before mm. it happened. And that's a very 
hard yeah, decision to make yeah. um, to get so close and then have to stop everything. But just to know that actually marriage is a lifelong commitment. And actually I was in a, I said actually twice in a row. Wow. I was in a, I was at a wedding um, this weekend and part of the speech from the minister was that marriage is not something that should be ru- rushed into unadvisedly um, or in a hurry, but should be approached reverentially um, with fear uh, in in the counsel and wisdom of other people. And actually to say that it, it is a serious decision. It's not something you just wake up to and you're like, you know, I feel like getting married today. Um, and if that means in the reverence saying, maybe we need to take a step back, mm-hmm. being ready and willing through the power of the spirit to take that step back and to trust God in that decision. I think that's, yeah, for that f- last part of the question. Yeah. yeah. I think the danger is as well, especially in this sort of, I think we touched upon it when we spoke about like sexual sin generally, but I think the danger is kind of secrecy and kind of keeping things in a DL and not wanting anyone to know mm. because I don't know, reputation or shame or, or whatnot. But I think that's dangerous and that's kind of where the enemy kind of wants you to be in terms of, oh, let's just resolve within each other never to do it again and no one ever knows. Mm. So I think that in terms of how far you should be willing to go, um, mm. in terms of, cutting your arm off that may mean cutting off a relationship or cutting off the secret the secret the secrecy of it or cutting off the fact that no one knows mm. so i think engaging your elders your leaders your pastors as quickly as possible should definitely be the step and then letting them as israel said letting them kind of form and guide the the direction it goes in anything you want to add gabs um yeah i think there is this idea that what happens between you two stays between you two mm. and it's a very awkward thing if you've not in the habit of already confessing or involving other people in your relationship, mm-hmm. for this to now be the moment that you're like, oh, pastor, can I get in your diary? We need to talk. I can imagine that'd be my, that might be a really awkward thing. Yeah. Um, but I think if, yeah, it's necessary. It's necessary. I think Israel's point about um, not letting the pressure and expectation of a wedding on the horizon mm-hmm. mean that you don't address, address this situation. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that you have to break mm-hmm. up? Um, first of all, go and talk to your elders, as we said. But I think, no, ne- not necessarily, but I think it's definitely a moment to pause. Mm. You want your marriage to be a place where you spur each other on to godliness and good works. Um, as a woman, give it like I'm coming into this thinking, this is someone who um, is going to be leading me, who I'm, to some degree, entrusting myself to. Is this some, um, a man who's going to encourage me in godliness? Um, now, that, that doesn't mean that because this situation's happened, now it's a write-off, end the thing. But it's definitely a moment to pause and be like, what's our trajectory? What is our... It's interesting, like, thing to consider. Do we encourage each other in godliness? Um, yeah. Mm. So we started speaking about... Um, engagements and the stages of yeah engagement. we went all the and way then around sorry finally guys. got back to the end of the question mm. but that was fine no good 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 discussion so next question what is gossip how do you confront someone you think who you think is gossiping how do i know if i'm gossiping what's gossip guys the simplest definition i've ever heard of gossip that's been so useful for me is um gossip is anything you can't say with the person present okay so they were like if you're talking about a person and they walked into the room would you stop yeah and for me, that has been so useful. And so, cause, because it, it helps to distinguish between just having good conversation about someone. It's not <laughs> saying you can't ever talk about people when they're not there. So if you're saying, if I'm saying, hey, Gabby, you know Mary? She's a DJ. Shout out DJ, promise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And if I'm like, oh, at the wedding, she just mixed these tunes and, it was, and she walks into that. You wouldn't stop. Yeah, I'll be like, Oh, that's just, that. Yeah, I'm just like, and then even hype some more. 
But if I'm like, nah, you know what she did last week? Yeah, it was. And then she walks in, everyone's like, mm, tension. <laughs> You're gossiping. You're gossiping. Because at that point, if you can't say with the person present, you shouldn't say with the person absent. It's just, it's mm. just the, the more, really. It's hard though, because it's like sometimes, because I think, um, I was even reading something like a few weeks ago about gossip and just sometimes you're sharing true it's true but it's still with almost like a malicious intent right so it could be something like oh yeah michael lost his job so he did lose his job but like the way you're speaking about mm. it is very much like yeah he lost his job and mm. you know he hasn't been doing well because mm. he's you know his friend oh, and you're sharing like unnecessary information mm. um without the person being present or being there to kind of defend themselves but i think slander is is sharing false information mm. Whereas gossip can 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 include, include false true, information, yeah. but it could actually be you're sharing something that's true, mm. but it's in a way that if they were present, you might not present it in that way. Mm. Um, and I think I've seen that subtly, mm. and I think I've even done that. Even in, even in prayer meeting when they say any, any prayer <laughs> point, someone be like, "Hey, uh, please pray for Sally." You know, <laughs> she's even mad in the street. <laughs> she's she's been tripping, and you know how she's been doing <laughs> again. She's a mess. <laughs> Let's hold her up her in to you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're praying like, please keep her and her father, who's a drunkard. And it's like, um, wow. don't need to say all of this. Okay. Um, but no, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah. So it's like mm. ac- almost accurate information, but that can diminish someone or like yeah. Yeah. reduce them in a way that you wouldn't do if they were present. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, so what, what do you think? Guys? I think, I think it's a hard question to ask if you're a gossip mm-hmm. because, like, obviously, there's the surface sin you're talking about people in a way that you wouldn't if they were in the room. But the question is always, why? Like, what's happening in your heart that this Mm. is what you're desiring to do? Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us, that can be a relational thing. Like, your friendship with this person, um, you feel more valuable because you bring info to the table. Mm. You're Mm -hmm. the plug for madness chat. Mm. (laughs) They come to you for that just... And, like, that's the role that you play in a social dynamic. I remember, like, um, a while ago thinking about how many of my friendships, if you were to stop talking about other people, what would be left to talk hmm. about? Some people, there's some relationships, especially, like, I'm going to say when I was younger, because obviously I'm growing, I don't do that anymore. Sure, sure. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, if you were to, if you were to just talk about your own lives, what's going on in your own situations, hmm. what you've been reading, what you've been thinking about, what you've been enjoying, the conversation would be flat. And so I think that it exposes a number of our relationships actually mm. as to the content of them, as to the substance of them, um, as to the ways that we need to be doing better relationally so that we don't need to draw other people's information to make yeah. our chat significant. Yeah. You see it a lot at work because yeah. work is usually the like... It's a power dynamic in yeah, gossip yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You, see, you heard about um, Ahmed. Yeah, he's mm. been sick, hasn't he? Mm. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, just, yeah. like, you always got those people at work that just want to tell you random stuff. Like, they were, oh, yeah. oh, he's, oh, he was late to work today, wasn't he? I'm yeah. like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. But again, like gossip is... is um You see the danger of gossip because it can really divide a group or a body. And so especially in a church... That's yeah, gotta, we gotta um, watch that. And sometimes it's just like I think for me it's like sharing unnecessary information. So sometimes someone's telling me something and it's like, do you don't do you need to tell, say the name of the person? Do you need to tell me like where they live? So it's like you're telling me something like, oh, I'm not gonna say the name, but they live in Stratford <laughs> and um, they work in London Bridge. It's like okay, so I know okay, so, so you basically Mazda said their name. <laughs> so it's basically Michael. But, um, <laughs> 
but it's like it's unnecessary yeah. sharing of information yeah. i think so even with me if i'm talking to someone if we're having a conversation about something because i think gossip is is very subtle in a way like you, you start talking about someone quite naturally of course there's nothing wrong with talking about someone else like mm-hmm. i might walk into a room and someone's talking about me i don't always assume that it's a negative or mm-hmm. or there's something doing something evil but it's like you start to speak about someone and then by the time you know it you're like bringing in information mm-hmm. that's unbe- um that doesn't benefit the conversation mm-hmm. that's unnecessary and then by the time you know it you've begun begun to kind of ridicule or diminish mm. them or or add little shade and mm. jabs that you wouldn't say if they were mm. present um so yeah it can be a, a difficult thing but yeah we, i think i think I've, I've loved conversations where like i'm in a group with, with a few people and someone says is this necessary or just pauses it straight away to kind of say i think we might be treading on gossip here mm. let's just stop and it's mm. like oh and it, it's awkward but i think that is very helpful yeah. that's healthy relationships yeah just to someone just to kind of nip it in the bug and say okay i think we're i think we're talking about gossip here but yeah cool last question this one's a, a lengthy one, but yeah, I think we can tackle it. So it says, hello, Black Berea. Love your- Hi. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Love your answers and your Q&A segment. I have a question around fatherhood. How do I navigate a difficult relationship with my father as a Christian? I've always known my dad, but he has been very absent, spending a lot of time overseas. He isn't with my mother, so growing up, I probably only saw him four to five times. Since I finished uni and started working, our relationship has become purely transactional, where he only asks me for money. It's really sad because it's like he doesn't even want to get to know his son. He has other kids, but he's never taken an, an active role to get to know me. So I think the person's asking kind of like, how do I navigate that relationship mm-hmm. as, a, as a Christian? It's quite a difficult relationship, uh, quite a difficult question. Even reading it made me feel quite sad mm. in the sense of in the black community, we have seen mm. a, a kind of a prevalent trend of absent mm. fathers and, and the destruction that creates. And I think for me, having some, grown up in a household where I did have a mother and a mm. father present, I've been quite naive and kind of a bit blind and ignorant mm. to the fact that a lot of people don't have fathers present. And it's one thing if your father's passed away, but mm. it's another thing if he's in your life but he just hasn't fulfilled the role he should be in um and yeah it is, it's such a sad reality <laughs> that people are dealing with this every day where mm. there's absent fathers and who are not um role and um, not um behaving in, in the role that they should be um so yeah oh sorry i didn't finish the question <laughs> so he said should <laughs> oh i'm having a mess today should i tell him i don't think he's should i tell him i don't think he's a christian should i limit the money i give him i want to honor him as the bible says so i may live long but he's a terrible father dad so i think the person asking like how do i navigate the relationship should i tell him that he's not a great father uh that, I that he doesn't think he's a christian should he limit the money that he gives him as well he wants to honor him but again it's a difficult situation yeah. what do you think gab i think the first thing to say is First of all, this person's disposition and heart towards their dad is not something to gloss over. Mm-hmm. The fact that this, um, that, yeah, that, that their dad has been so absent and yeah, has has clearly caused hurt and damage and pain, and that this young person, man, woman, I think it's a man because he said, okay. he, um, it doesn't know his son. Son. son, so it's a man. Yeah. We know it's a guy this time. Yeah. So that this guy um, is is trying to think about how to be godly and honouring and gracious in the relationship. I think that's something to say. First of all, praise God that he's even given you grace to ask this question. Because mm-hmm. some people be like... Uh, Cut him off now. Uh, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. next, like, next question. Yeah. Um, so first of all, praise. Like sometimes we've got to pause and say, oh, God has actually done this in my heart and in my life. And the fact that you're asking the question, praise God that God has given you grace to even try and honour and love. I think there are no answers to this question that easy. Everything that I'm thinking to say is a hard thing to say. Okay, say it then. Um, You're in a safe space. A safe space, that's online. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the call of the Christian mm-hmm. um, 
yeah but it is words like forgive and love mm-hmm. um and so often you think about forgiveness once someone has said sorry but sometimes forgiveness will look like forgiving someone for something they're not willing to acknowledge yeah for something that they're not apologizing for um that doesn't mean that the relationship will be what it was or what it could have been. Um, but it does mean that your heart towards them is not holding those things against them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the prayer that you would, God would give you grace to try and forgive your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hard thing to pray. But I think something that as a Christian, we should be asking God to give us grace to pray. I think there might be space to even sit down with your dad and try and have some of these difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Say, it's a very grown up thing and a very mature thing. And I think something that, well, from my experience of, of our culture, we're not very good at, especially with our parents, mm. to be like, oh, when you did this, I felt like this. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, that hurts my feelings. Yeah. Like those conversations yeah. feel very um, difficult not- and unusual and even almost not our place. You a whole child trying to ask dad about what? Uh, feelings. Feelings. Yeah. Nah, sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, we're not here for that level of vulnerability. But in terms of the health of a relationship, communication, and and your own your own progress in forgiveness, yeah. there might be space to ask some of those difficult questions, and then even to hear his story. What was his dad like? Not that that would ever that's undermine deep. or yeah. or undo damage done to you. But to give, I think, I think there's a weird moment in your life where you realize that your parents are people. <laughs> and they've gone through similar experiences. And they have, and, and parents have have trauma and life. And you're like, oh, so down, you did, you had yeah. your own life. Hmm. What were you dealing with? What was it, what's his mental health like? What, what was his situation? And not that any of these things would undermine um, damage done. But in terms of, yeah, under, progress in for, forgiving him and thinking about what it looks like to love him now. I think some of those awkward conversations may be healthy and helpful for the relationship moving forward so would you would you limit the money i think this is a conversation to have with, to have with your with your okay what would you do what would i do I'm, I'm sticking it on you gab what would you do let's say <laughs> you was in this position where your dad was just not the best dad in the world was very I think absent you, begging you for mean? money okay, not okay. begging sorry this is actually my uh, second time on the podcast but maybe it's time to put my life out here on the line <laughs> so yeah so i grew up in a single parent home i've never met my dad my mom's from the caribbean i never oh, met wow. my dad okay. um i'm mixed race my dad's white my mom's black i grew up in, in my with my mom so obviously in my caribbean life is my life um so yeah and this conversation i remember having like loads back in the day like if your dad was to turn up out of the blue as a christian What's that conversation looking like? This question is triggered. Like, woo! Yeah, we should do trigger warning. It's actually a trigger warning. <laughs> Gabs is getting um, mad, mad. But yeah, so I think, yeah, I think in some moments you got to say, oh God, if that's ever my portion in life, I have to trust that you will give me grace to be wise. But I think in terms of this conversation, obviously there's a relationship there. It's fragmented. It's difficult. It's problematic. And there's a very transactional dynamic to it. I think you got to be realistic. Um, this is what I earn. This is what I'm saving. This is what I'm budgeting. Let me have a, let me have a frank conversation with my dad about his financial situation, my support of him, how that makes me feel, mm-hmm. how that makes me feel, why I think this is unhealthy dynamic, um, and then go from there. Yeah, I think just giving money and growing in bitterness is not sustainable. And you could you can tell that. Well, I'm assuming so much, but he's he says his, our relationship has been purely transactional. So I yeah. think there's been a growing kind yeah. of. Yeah, a bitterness. Yeah. yeah. You, Every time you, your dad calls you, you think, oh, this is going to be the time he's going to ask me how he's doing. And he's like, oh, that 50 yeah. pounds. And, you, hmm. and you know, yeah, it's actually another one of these. I feel like every answer to the question has been like, go and talk to your pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, 
I think that this is one the, the kind of uh the the damage done when a relationship between a child and a father is is problematic um and what that does to your spiritual life how you view god the father obviously mm. the, like yeah. like um the implications are many and varied and deep um so i think actually if this is a problematic relationship and it has been from since you're young have you ever had space had space to talk about and, and process that in a christian godly way with someone who loves the lord and is going to encourage you in godliness if not obviously talk to your dad sort out the money if you don't think it's a Christian in your and you can have those conversations, go for it. But on your side of things, have you processed um, that relationship and then maybe the damage it's done for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you maybe need to seek wise counsel and work through some of that stuff. Yeah, mm. it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's quite a difficult question. Yeah, for um, real trigger warning. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have to put that in there. You're just you're giving me life, though. But because um, yeah, for me, I think all I had in mind was just general kind of admonishment and encouragement just to honor your parents mm. um there's a good uh, was a book that i saw that i, was, I really I think my elder was kind of preaching through it when he was talking about the fifth commandment of mm. honoring your parents about the forgotten commandment by dennis rainey where he talks about just that commandment out of the 10 has kind of been the most mm. we we find a lot of excuses for it because mm. our parents are not perfect so we can think mm. oh my dad's not a great dad or my mom's Second, not really yeah. so i don't need to honor them and i just put them in a mm. whatever and i just leave them and they're sick and i don't care and there is like a there is like a responsibility for you to honor your parents and it's the one that comes with like a, a blessing yeah. or, or or a threat um so for me it was just kind of wanting to of course forgive them like forgive your dad because he hasn't played the best role in your life and it's such a shame what for being reminded of the fact that you do have a god mm. um a father who loves you dearly mm. but then also wanting to like distinguish between your father and, and the role he plays in your life mm. so it's almost like person versus position so it's like of course your dad mm. isn't <laughs> It's not just giving sound effects today. Versus position. Don't worry. That'll preach. Israel said, I'm taking that for the next. (laughs) I'm sure I got it from Chalice. But um, yeah, he spoke just speaking about like the Mm. fact that even though your dad hasn't been the best dad, he's still your father. Mm -hmm. He actually is that role in your life. Um, And I just thought of it like akin to like if he was married and your husband wasn't loving you, like Christ loved the church. Mm. Doesn't mean that you can just neglect him. Mm. He still plays that role as husband and you still do owe him like, the, the respect that he that that role deserves and in my head i was just thinking of like yeah pray for them um esteem them publicly slash privately so just wanting to honor them as much as you can uh, and then provide for them in terms of like love care and i do think there is a financial element mm. so in my head i was thinking i'm not saying that you you can't you, you can't i'm not saying you shouldn't give him money but i think if he does need money you should be willing to 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 give him something because yeah. he's your dad at this point like it's that it's there's um really does a talk about people about husbands that don't want to love their wives and it's like she's your sister and the lord love her she's your neighbor love her she's your enemy love her yeah like um mm. yeah this this person he he hasn't um yeah been a good dad um yeah the, the remaining image bearer he wouldn't see homeless <laughs> or mm. or hungry yeah. and not feed them yeah. um do you know what i mean so there is still a yeah, not obligations are, are too much of a, a, a legal word. A love, a love for them. Um, if not as your father, then as your neighbor. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think the temptation is to be like, okay, you've, you've like dealt with me in a terrible way, so I'm gonna pay you back. It's like, a, oh, you now you want money, you ain't gonna get it because yeah. you've. And I think that is quite. Yeah. We have to ensure that we don't do yeah. that. But of course, they've hurt you, and and he hasn't been a great father, and it's such a shame. But that doesn't mean that you now should leave them abandoned or say i'm not i'm going to ignore your calls i'm going to cut you off um of course i am being very general because there are some very difficult instances and maybe your dad could have been quite abusive to your mother and stuff like that where it gets very very difficult but i think broadly i'm just trying to 
provide mm. just a, a general framework yeah. of wanting to honor our parents yeah. and of course it is very yeah. sensitive and madness does happen in our in homes yeah. but yeah just trying to provide that yeah is what you've been nodding Sorry. just making noises humming mm. <laughs> it's been good man listening to all of that it's been really good it's really encouraging um i don't know that i have much else to add okay um so i'm just gonna amen all of it <laughs> that's fine i'll Maybe I'm taking a left turn and maybe can edit me out later. No, sure. Talk, talk on. <laughs> I think, um, like, it's interesting. Even just the, the language Mary was using of, like, this person, like, having rejected you and you loving them persistently and cons- consistently. I think there's even, maybe this is a reach. Tell me if I'm reaching, guys. Um, reach meter. <laughs> there's even there's even a moment to, like, consider, obviously, of course, there's a there's the space to consider Christ in this mm-hmm. and use this opportunity to be conformed to the image of Christ in that if there's anybody who knows what it is to persistently love people who would reject him and and know and know the personal pain of that, mm-hmm. like look at your look at your saviour, look yeah, at the cross. Like, you're mm-hmm. gonna need grace to love this person well. Someone who should have like been so significant in your life and loved you he's done the opposite for you now to love them forgive them um you're gonna need um yeah the power of the cross to do that and i think in, yeah in some ways the situation ties over nicely because christ knows what it is to pursue and forgive um people who fail and reject him constantly i.e us uh, me mm-hmm. um and so yeah so even take this as a space to be sanctified and be conformed to the image of christ and that often comes through suffering and that's not and that's not a heavy-handed word for this situation i don't think yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, trigger situation. warning difficult situation because i'm just thinking of so many people who have absent fathers mm. and even you mm. for example you've never met your dad mm. and just him coming back to your life and can you imagine you would navigate that and as a christian and, it, yeah. you, and you can't just be like the world because christ has saved us but it's just it's such a difficult situation and, and someone like me who's always had my dad in my mm. life it, it, i just kind of yeah my heart breaks for people who mm. who, who live in this reality daily mm. yeah praise god for the for the father we have yeah we do have a father of the fatherless mm. we do have a father and when there's a scripture mm. i don't know it's in the bible i should i need to learn verses for this black Maria podcast man this is our my mother and father forsake you the lord will pick you up hmm. I should, let me google that this is what do you know do you know is what scripture is that um just imagine i made it up obviously obviously i know where it is so <laughs> yeah, you just give me a moment for my but you're unlocking your phone and going if you just the lord for you know are you just what um bible gave it Oh it's gosh! But now we, whilst Israel's looking for the the passage, yeah, so obviously verse. as I think about the passage, yeah, um, I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> it is Psalm twenty-seven, verse ten. Okay. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Mm. That's Amen. The international, the new international version. Yeah. Okay. If you want to be really holy, and I'm joking. <laughs> You got Hebrew unlock, yeah. Oh, you got it. Yes, you got it. Oh, yeah. I think we're, I think we're finished for today. Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Some very tough questions. Um, yeah, I hope this has been helpful. Blackberry mm. is not your local church, so please still mm. enter your church and speak to your, your yes. elders and your deacons. Community and your, for these your leaders. Um, yes. But yeah, submit your questions, please. Curiouscat.com uh, forward slash Blackberry. You can email us at Blackberry at gmail.com or you can tweet us hashtag ask black Bria or i don't know um DM hashtag us covenant us. campaign if you're not sure just hashtag c-o-v-e-n-a-n-t you're really spelling c-a-m-p-a-i-g-n okay and use the hashtag um ask black Bria or black Bria podcast if you've got any kind of contributions or you think oh they should do this or whatever just add it well let us know your thoughts yeah yes what's your advice for the brother yeah i don't know what is your advice retweet us share us on facebook 
I know what you do on Instagram. DM us. No, don't. D- no, I'm joking. You can DM, DM us. us if you want to. That's fine. Go for it. Send a question if um, you want. Email us. Blackberry.gmail.com. Don't call me. You don't have my number. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But no, yeah, we're finished. Thank you guys so yes. much. This has been Blackberry. <laughs> That's not how you normally how end it. But you know what it is? It's because they've just. They no. don't want to do the. This is Gabby. This is Mary. No.